Being a Better Man, episode 122. All right, guys, welcome to Wednesday. Welcome to Storytime with Alf. Storytime is where I tell a true story from my strange and interesting life. The purpose of the story is not just to entertain you, but also to share with you the lesson or lessons I learned from that story. They might even cause you to reevaluate parts of your life and help you get lessons that you never knew were there. With that being said, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. Hey, before I get into today's story, I want to give a quick shout out to the newest patron of this podcast, a guy named Matty Rowe. Matty went to the Patreon.com page and pledged his support for the work we're doing here, and it is greatly appreciated. If you want to join Matty and become a patron of this podcast, you'll find a link to it in the show notes of this episode, or just go to Patreon.com and type Being a Better Man into the search bar. Now, on to the story. I spent my 18th birthday traveling to the airport to get on a plane that would take me to basic training for the U.S. Army. They were exciting times. War with Iran seemed imminent because they had taken 30 American hostages and tensions were becoming very heated. My recruiter, unfortunately, had not been totally honest with me. I scored very high on the entrance test so I could basically have any job I wanted in the Army, but I had just turned 18 and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I had heard the infantry was not a great job because you were gone for long periods of time and it didn't teach you any skills you could use when you got out. I had also just finished 12 years of school and I was not really excited to sit around in more classrooms. I really just wanted to have fun and have some adventures and I told the recruiter for sure I didn't want to be in the infantry and every other job he offered me seemed to require extensive schooling, like intelligence or computer technician, medic, etc. So he and I were at kind of an impasse. The recruiter was becoming visibly frustrated. Then suddenly, as if he had a brilliant idea, he said, Hey, what about heavy anti-armor weapons crewmen? I said, What's that? He said, it's an awesome job. You get to blow up tanks and stuff. I thought, hmm, that does sound like fun. And then he said, and with this job, you get a $3,000 cash enlistment bonus when you complete your training. Now I was very interested. $3,000 was a lot of money in 1980. I asked how long the training was. He said, it's only three months. You'll be home in time for Christmas. I said, sign me up. So now, there I was at Fort Jackson, South Carolina, getting herded around like cattle with all of the other new trainees. They were separating us according to our jobs and where we would go for training. Like all the cooks form up over here, all the mechanics over there, all the artillerymen over there, infantry over here, and so on. When they were all done, everyone was in a new group of men according to what their job was. Everyone except me. I was the last guy standing there all by myself. A very angry-looking drill sergeant saw me and walked, almost running, toward me 
until he was within two inches of my face. And then he yelled, What's your problem, boy? Why didn't you leave when you were called? Ignoring his spit on my face, I calmly replied, Well, they never called my job drill, Sergeant. This seemed to make him even angrier. And then he asked, screaming, of course, what my job was, to which I proudly replied, I'm a heavy anti-armor weapons crewman. He scoffed, and then he yelled, and I quote, Get your goat-smelling ass over there with the infantry. You're nothing but a glorified grunt. I felt extremely betrayed by my recruiter. I had been tricked. I joined the ranks of other infantrymen with a sinking feeling in my stomach. That is how my military career started. Later that day, I got on the infantry bus headed for Fort Benning, Georgia. In spite of the fact that I was tricked into joining the infantry, I really enjoyed basic training. I loved the physical and mental challenges of it, and I enjoyed being tested to my limits, and I very much enjoyed going to the ranges and firing all kinds of weapons. Upon returning from a particularly muddy weapons range one day, my rain poncho was filthy. It was covered with mud. The other guys started cleaning their gear as soon as we got back. But I, thinking I was smarter than them, figured that could wait. I reasoned that this time would be better spent catching up on much-needed sleep so I could be at my best the following day. This thinking, it turned out, was a mistake. The next morning, we were at formation, and my name was called with a few others. We were getting ready for something called guard mount. We were handed a diagram of exactly how our uniforms were supposed to look. Our utility belt, known as web gear, was to have certain things on it in certain places. Our boots needed to be highly shined, our uniforms pressed and clean, our weapons sparkling, and our helmets worn correctly. We were supposed to get our uniforms together and then meet again for formation where we would be inspected and then brought to some building to be on guard duty. This was all an integral part of our training. Now I had clean uniforms, and I had a pair of shine boots, and I had cleaned my weapon the night before, but then I saw the diagram said that my rain poncho had to be folded and rolled into a tight bundle exactly six inches wide and be fixed to my web gear on the back. Well, this was a problem, because my poncho was still filthy, covered with mud and thrown haphazardly into my wall locker. We only had 30 minutes before we had to report for inspection. I figured, ah, it can't be that big of a deal. They won't notice that one more green thing isn't where it is supposed to be on my uniform. I'll just show up without my poncho and act like everything is perfect, and they won't even notice. So that's what I did. I showed up for inspection. We were brought to attention, and the drill sergeant began at one end, inspecting every detail of each soldier's uniform. I was at the end of the line, the last to be inspected. The drill sergeant noted something undesirable on every soldier. A button undone here, a scuff on a boot there, a wrinkled shirt, a smudge of dirt. As he got closer to me, I became increasingly nervous. I realized that the absence of my poncho might be noticed after all. Finally, he got to me. He started in the front, looking me up and down. Everything seemed to be in order. He didn't have any criticisms. 
Then he moved around to the back. I heard him grunt, and then I heard him gasp, and then he mumbled something under his breath I couldn't understand. And then he almost ran around the formation so he could be in front of me again. Suddenly his face was about two inches from mine, a common communication technique for drill sergeants, it turns out. And then he screamed at the top of his lungs, asking me why I didn't have a poncho on my web gear. Again, ignoring the spit, I calmly apologized and said that my poncho was in my wall locker, thinking he would make me do some push-ups and that would be the end of it and we could get on with our day. Instead, to my horror, he commanded me to fall out of formation and double-time, which meant run, back up to the barracks and get it. I did as he asked, but when I started running back up the hill towards my barracks, I noticed he was running right behind me. He was very angry at this point. In fact, I was getting a little concerned about his emotional stability. He was making an awfully big deal out of this missing poncho. Then, as I was running, I felt a big boot crash into my butt. He was continuing to yell and scream a tapestry of insults and threats at me, and now... He was also kicking me in the butt every few steps as he chased me back to my barracks. I'm not sure how you kick someone while you're running. It must be something they teach you in drill sergeant school. But we got back to my barracks, which were totally empty. We were the only ones there. My bunk was on the second floor, so we ran up the stairs. We stayed in very old, wooden World War II barracks with an open bay. It was essentially a big room lined with bunks and wall lockers down each side. He was screaming at me to open my wall locker. His chest was pushing against me, and he was yelling right in my ear, which made me fumble with the combination lock, but I finally got it open. When the doors of my wall locker opened, right there, the first thing you could see was my dirty, filthy rain poncho. He started trembling with anger. I think he was holding his breath, too, because his veins were starting to bulge out on his forehead and his neck. Now, it was summertime in Georgia and extremely hot weather, so the windows were all open wide, and I was standing next to one of these windows. The drill sergeant erupted in a torrent of vile insults that included members of my family and any girl I might have had affection for. And then he proceeded to explain, in a similar manner, how unfit I was to be part of his army. It was during this portion that he noticed the large window open next to me. He said he was going to throw me out the second-story window. At first I thought it was just part of his rant, but then he grabbed me, and together we were moving quickly toward the open window. I realized as we got to the window, judging by the enthusiasm of his grip and momentum, that he was actually serious. Right before I went out the window, I reached out and grabbed both sides of the four-foot-wide opening, stopping us both. He screamed at me to let go, and then I calmly replied, With all due respect, Drill Sergeant, I just can't let you throw me out this window. I was larger than him, thankfully, both taller and wider, younger and stronger, but he renewed his efforts to throw me out of the window, the whole while screaming at me and giving me orders to let go of the sides of the window. I kept repeating the same thing. I'm sorry, Drill Sergeant, with all due respect, I just can't let you throw me out of the window. 
I kept repeating that phrase over and over again. It's the only thing I could think of to do. The whole thing was very surreal. It was difficult to believe it was really happening. I was actually torn between obeying an order and allowing myself to be seriously injured or worse. In the end, self-preservation won out. And finally, after ten minutes or so of trying to kill me, the drill sergeant was getting tired and his anger was being replaced by disgust and intense dislike. But he knew he couldn't get me out of the window. He stopped his attack. I kept hanging on to the window until he had moved far enough away from me that he couldn't surprise me with a rush. He told me to report in proper uniform within ten minutes, and he left. As soon as he was gone, I did the fastest poncho wash ever in the showers. And then I folded and rolled it, still wet, into the prescribed shape and put it on my belt. And then I sprinted back to formation, and we all went to guard duty. That's the end of the story. (laughs) I learned a lot of lessons from it. I learned things every day while I was in basic training about myself, other people, and the world at large. On this day, however, I mostly learned things about myself. I was glad I didn't let him throw me out of the window. That felt like sort of a victory that I had won. But I also realized that I wouldn't have gone through that if I wasn't busy trying to be smarter than other people by taking shortcuts. The whole thing helped me realize that I was part of an organization, a team, and for that to run smoothly, everyone, including myself, has to do the things required of them. My actions not only affected me, but everyone else on guard duty that day. They all had to remain standing in the sun at attention while I was being disciplined. In short, I realized I had not done my best, and I suffered the consequences of that. For the rest of my time at basic training, my uniform was always perfect, and I never let my team down again. All right, guys, now head out into the big world, and don't ever let anyone throw you out of a window. But also, try to make sure nobody wants to, by doing the things you're supposed to do, by not taking shortcuts and always putting forth your best effort. If you do that, you will be a better man today than you were yesterday. Until next time, this is Alf Herigstad, signing out.